Make America Slaves Again. Whoa, hey. Hey, man. Oh, man. And Breadline Bernie Green New Deal. Oh. Yes. Just trying to keep up with AOC. Uh, Criminal justice or justice-involved person? I I don't know. Or elected official. And and we got Pastor Callie, the Doctrine of Balaam, coming on the show. Yeah. We ain't afraid. About about this slave stuff. We ain't afraid. (laughs) You still, you still you, nervous about you that? You still back there? Well, you still I'll, back there? I'll explain. I'm just thinking about Black Guns Matter right now. Nah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> if hey, we hey, you guys. Welcome to Cross Baltic. As you can see, Chocolate Knox is back in the studio. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's good to be here with you guys. If you guys want to be in a conversation with us, email us at crosspolitik at gmail.com. Ooh. I got a couple just <laughs> quick. Is conference. anybody email us? Yeah, oh really? yeah, oh yeah. yeah oh. I'll forward you all the Thank emails you. if you want me to. <laughs> I would like you don't to. even answer my emails. I don't. No. 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 But if it's a cross politic member, I would love to talk uh, to him. Yeah, yeah, if it's cross politic. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, fact, we got some letters. I should have always, re- we always appreciate your feedback oh. and your and your and telling us the stories about what God's doing in your life. Even and, if it's you know. one star. We got we got a couple really uh kind and touching letters. I'll have to read you guys later. But okay, because um, we don't want to cry on the show. Handwritten. Oh man. Mailed to us and handwritten. Man. Yep. Yeah, we don't want to Y'all all th- right. Thank you. We, we, we love you. We appreciate you. I want to real quickly run you guys through all the conferences we have coming up that we're either gonna be participating in or if you guys are in the area, we'd love to just recommend to you guys. Um first we're gonna be of course at Reform Con, October twenty 5th, 4th through the 26th. I better put this on my calendar. Yeah, right Phoenix, quick. Arizona. <laughs> right, write it down. Write it down. That's reformcon.org. Reform Con. Mi- Mrs. Shannon. He's going to be gone. He's going to be Mrs. gone with us. Mrs. Sumter. I'm going to yep. be gone. Mrs. Man, Wrench. Toby. Actually, Andy's going to go with me to Reform oh, Con. Yeah. How about that? Don't say that on this show. No, no, no. She's going to be like, oh. Don't. Oh, listen. she is. Is she now? Yeah, she is. What about uh-huh. Mrs. Shannon and Mrs. Sumter? <laughs> oh, thanks, Gary. All right, let's move on to yeah. the next one because I'm embarrassed mm-hmm. for you guys. Uh, we're going to be at Trinity Church in in Washington, Seattle. In Seattle, Washington, November 1st and 2nd. The conference is going to be Christ over politics. Toby's going to be speaking. I'm going to be speaking. Pastor Dave Hatcher is going to be speaking. Oh. And we're going to be doing a live show at that conference also. That's November, November 1st and 2nd. Uh, hopefully, I'll have a website link for everybody to sign up in the next week or two. Seattle. Um, but I just want to put that on your old calendar. There's Christians in Seattle. Praise no, God. I know. I, know. Oh, and I love the Hatcher fellas. And then uh, Reformation Boise Conference. Okay. So we're plugging this because these are sisters in Christ down in Idaho. Our sisters in Christ? Our, you know, sister churches or whatever. <laughs> sister brothers, sisters in Christ. <laughs> this is a ladies that, conference, yeah, apparently. No, 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 no. no. Reformation <laughs> Boise. Um, well, I don't know. Mark Jones are is speaking done? there. Uh, are, you, are you are you done? They're gonna be like Gabe. Never mind. I'm just kidding. Please don't plug, don't, our don't conference plug that anymore. conference. Don't yeah, talk yeah. about it anymore. November eighth and 9th at Valley Shepherd Church of Nazarene. Actually, no, if they asked you to plug this, they know better. Yeah, yeah. like you knew, you knew Gabe was gonna ReformationBoise.com. So, okay? so we're not gonna be at that conference. No, but people but should still go. We got some good go. friends. Uh, Mark yeah. Jones is gonna be speaking there. Yeah, our friends are doing that down in Boise. That's November eighth and 9th. Uh, last conference, of course, G3 conference is January 16th through the 18th. We'll be there. We got a couple live shows at that conference. We'll be boothing there and love to see you guys there. G3conference.com, especially our Southern listeners. That's Atlanta, Georgia. Love to see our Atlanta, Southern listeners. Atlanta, Georgia. Pro Life back Atlanta. Next Some, January. Someone buy me some Bojangles. Just to want to remind you that. Oh, I forgot to bring all our, these up. Our show is growing and exploding and we are doing as much as we're doing because of our members. Amen. Oh, we Amen. have people mm-hmm. who. I don't even know why. Yeah. But they sign up, they become members, they they give us a monthly uh a donation. Not, not donation. It's not a donation. Yeah. 
Don't but it's that. a donation. But it's not a donation. It's yeah. not a donation, but it's a donation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean they believe in the mission. That's what oh, I, I mean. Oh, no. and, and, and for for a limited time, we have these pint glasses that mm. were given back to you as a big thank you. Uh, Gabe got 250 of them. A yeah. bunch of them are gone. And just so you know, a, a couple, bunch of you are drinking out of them right I know, now. I know. And a couple of them have actually broken in in. In transit, in transit, okay. And, but I haven't. I have. I have extra because I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, right. And so email me if yours broke. Email me. I it's already fine. had a couple people email me. Yeah, we can, we'll send you a new one. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but when I drink from this, it's like the water is sweeter. <laughs> and I don't. I don't know if it's the glass. It's like or the holy pint. God is just blessed. No, this, but come I don't. On. I mean. <laughs> If you want to start to sound like Joel Olstein, oh, I don't know. I don't know. We did not you know, talk about that. Maybe you need to try to see if I'm wrong. Anyways, become a member, get a pint glass, upgrade your membership. We are <laughs> so grateful. Yep. Uh, Definitely sweeter. We have a vision for growing this even yep. bigger. We're building an Absolutely. app. Yep. Um, we want to see a number of shows. We want to take back the airwaves for yep. Jesus. Um, and I'll tell you my, my goal real quick. So like Glenn Beck, they have about a hundred thousand club members or whatever they call them. Yeah. And, and I, my goal in the next year or two is to get the 5,000 club members yeah. that financially would just put us in a really awesome position. So that's, that's my goal. Yeah. 5,000 club members and would the vision, be incredible. Again, yeah. The vision is beyond just this show. Yeah. It's the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. We're talking we about sports. We're every talking about area food. of life to that's the right. lordship and glory of God, that's right? right? The, the, every area of life, applying the Bible to sports, to cooking, uh, to you know, carpentry, everything, uh, news, um, you know, and and producing shows and content for even just Christian entertainment. That's you know, right. Um, that's quality sitcoms, everything. And yeah, because we want to fight, laugh, and feast. Mm, that's mm, great. Mm. Did, did you have one more thing to say? Oh, I did. We, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. You remembered. Yeah. Hey, I just somebody asked me recently. Hey, but I'm you know your feed's full of all these shows. I know you're growing something. I just I'm having a hard time finding you guys. And just really quickly, all the shows are labeled now. Yes. In the in the beginning, we recognize on the w- iTunes app. We're talking it, the iTunes. on the iTunes app. All the shows are Any labeled podcast app. All the yeah, and so it says you know Thursday the, the theology podcast uh, podcast A D that's A D Robles yep. H D B T that's Matt Williams with how to build, how a, to build tent. a tent and then you 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 know T P P that's the patriarchy podcast yep. right uh-huh. um uh and then you got C P if you want to. Listen, just if you want to find us, that's us. CP, cross the Fight Laugh Feast stands Podcast for Cross Network. Politics. Anyways, yep. um, just a quick reminder that you can find all the shows on the Fight Laugh Feast Network, Cross Politics Studios. You can subscribe there. You can find all the shows. They're now clearly labeled. Mm-hmm. We know it's a little, it's a little, you know, clu- it's a little cluttered in yeah. here. But we're building something. Don't give up. And and so thank you for your patience with us. And again, if you want to see that app a little faster yeah. Yeah. join how yeah, tired join. are you <laughs> and, and hey guys we're gonna easily clear over a hundred uh, a million downloads this year i think we're wow. past that already wow it's incredible um, our third year in the what? biz downloads, downloads. Of, of shows of, on the five of, feast. of podcast shows that's amazing yeah that's, that's crazy. Wow. Praise God. That's insane. So, but we're also in the coming year, uh, this next year we're going to get about hit 1.1 trillion dollars in uh, not, deficit, not us, not cross politic, not us. Yes, the federal government. Yeah. So we're going to get over a million dollars, <laughs> and cross politic. No, the federal government is going to pass about one point trillion, wow. one trillion in deficit. Now, you guys remember, deficit is basically um, what money comes in versus what we spend. So we are spending one point one trillion more, more. Yep. than we have coming in. And so I have this graph up on the screen. Is if, if for those who are watching can see, right. you'll see Obama hit about one point. Four trillion, one point three, and and one point three. You you probably can't really fault Obama for for two thousand nine, maybe because he just became president. There, okay. there might be some 
That's Bush. It, well, yeah. he, he set the Obama set the budget in two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was his budget. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but you, he could have been dealing yeah. with some things. Whatever. He's, he's picking up the pieces. Yep. And the same thing for Trump. You probably can't really fault him for maybe two thousand sixteen, but you can definitely right. seventeen, eighteen, and even nineteen. Yeah. This deficit. This is. I, I don't know anybody legislators. So this is just the deficit. Our total debt. We're about twenty two trillion by right. the end of the year. We'll be twenty two trillion dollars yep. in debt. Yep. I think if you break that out, it's like, um, what, uh, three hundred thousand per household or Correct. something. If you break it out per yeah. household, now it, a quarter. What you just said is one of the yeah, most insanely idiotic yeah. things I have ever tell, heard. Tell I award it. you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. So about a quarter of that debt is actually owed to ourselves. Yeah, because we borrow from ourselves. We borrow from ourselves or from, from other, Social Security. But that's that's yeah. the biggest chunk of it. So big, the biggest chunk of it is actually borrowing from Social Security. We. Um, but but a quarter of it, five, um, about um, five point eight trillion, mm-hmm. is money that we owe to some other arm of the federal government itself, and the rest is spread out. Mm-hmm. But now we have um, we we ha- we make payments though, so a big portion of our budget every year mm-hmm. is actually making interest payments, not actually paying, paying it off. Yeah. We're just paying <laughs> interest on the debt, yeah. which I think um, Dave Ramsey would say is. Insane. Yeah. I don't know no Dame Ramsey, but I know Matt Williams from uh, How to Build a Tent. I know he's going to be thinking this is absolutely crazy. <laughs> what in the world? Are y'all trying to depress me? I'm trying to do my own debt, let yeah. alone. I mean, this is. I know. But, but here's the deal. I don't hear of, I've never heard of a congressman, a senator, a president, or any of these politicians running off. We need to deal with the deficit. Well, right. we yeah. need to deal with our federal debt. Ron right. Paul. And yeah, well, he got far. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. They yeah, hated we're, we're like, establishment. No, no. Tell us something we like to hear. Yes. He wanted to audit the Federal Reserve. He wanted to eliminate our debt. So here's the deal. When I look at my household, there's no way I can operate like this and still survive right. in any in any real yeah. scenario. Yeah. That's because you're not a god. Mm. Yeah. Well, not when you're, I, they're, obviously they're not either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. When you're god, yeah. you can make it up. Oh. As you go along. Oh. You can just pull it out of thin air. Can, Let it be. You can print be. out of thin air. Thin air. Oh. Fiat. Yeah. Okay. So, so, but that, that how do they make take the one off the front of these numbers? <laughs> I don't know. They're they're working on that. <laughs> they're working on that. But I got a couple examples of this thin air stuff that okay. I, that I want to bring okay. you guys' attention. First is uh, Trump talking about eliminating um, some of the student debt for wounded warriors. And today, I'm proud to announce that I am taking executive action to ensure that our wounded warriors are not saddled with mountains of student debt. In a few moments, I will sign a memorandum directing the Department of Education to eliminate every penny of federal student loan debt owed by American veterans who are completely and permanently disabled. Now, kind of put put aside the fact that we should be taking care of our veterans. If if they go fight for our country, we should have a a set of standards that we should commit to. Um, but my, my problem with this is is that um, Trump is just signing an executive order out of thin air. He's just saying, "Hey, what we're gonna we're gonna take this population that has student debt and we're gonna eliminate it." Doesn't he? I mean, he's he's the um, wait until breadline Bernie gets that. No, that but, pen. but but he's the head of the military, right? It's actually his job. Yeah, I have I have no problem with us fulfilling agreements that we these guys they come commander in, in chief. But but I they, remember they, his they title. sign it. They he's sign the a paper. I'm chief, gonna yeah. go to war, and then here's what we're gonna agree to for you yeah. for you Wait, a contract. So, between, so, so you you you. You don't like the fact that he's paying off their debt. Um, if it, well, he's, it, it, he's it, politicizing it, their, well, he's politicizing the payment off of, of paying off okay. of debt. It, let's say, that's what I don't like. 
Okay, but you don't find anything right now. Let's hope that they're actually paying off the colleges. Actually, that's what I was going to ask you. Is is he is he just canceling? Is he it? just doing the I'm a god thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Like right. no more debt. I think that's a fair point. And I'm over yep. here as the person who owns mm-hmm. that debt. And like, and, um, because if he's doing that, he just stole. Right. Yeah. 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 That's it, that's stealing yeah. mm-hmm. to to cancel someone else's debt unilaterally. Right. Yeah. That's no justification. That's in that, called stealing. <laughs> right. yeah. um, now, if the federal government is going to pay off the debts for all these wounded warriors, yeah. all the disabled veterans, that's something different. Yeah. Some people, and we wouldn't have a problem with too. the federal government actually doing that, right? With the federal yeah. government saying these guys. We're working for us. They're under our jurisdiction. We want to pay off their yep. debt. And since we were part of the federal government, we don't have a problem with them necessarily doing that, right? Yeah. Well, the problem, the problem though, is that it goes back to the God thing. They think they're gods. Yeah. Um, they, they're make, they're, they're printing money mm-hmm. and just making it up. Yeah. And so there's, there's no, there's no turnoff valve. Mm-hmm. And so they're just pulling. And meanwhile, they don't have a biblical um, uh, standards of taxation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amen. And, and so yep. they have way more money than they should have. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they don't, they're not being forced to use real wisdom. And so it's so bloated. And, and, but I largely take these things as virtue, virtue signaling. Hey, right. we got to take care of our wounded warriors. Yeah. Hey, we got to take care of our children. It hey, we got to, you know, it's all, all the uh, money that the government gives, they do in some sort of charitable name, some sort of virtue, virtue signaling name. Right. Well, when you when you leave behind the law of God and a transcendent standard of justice, all you're left mm. with in the end is virtue signaling. Yeah. yeah. New hotness right. right now is make sure that all college debt is paid for. Right. And if you're yeah. not going to go the whole way, because, I'll go partially. Well, well, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's the thing is yeah. what you're trying to do is you're trying to get justified um, mm-hmm. by – you're crowdsourcing your justification. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're basically trying to get enough people to say, Oh, that's sweet. That's mm-hmm. nice. That's good. And now you feel justified. Be- yeah. It's just, you know, justification by vote. Right. Yeah. Well, unless we forget, this is just going to lead into the next presidential election. Whoever's president next, they're going to take the uh, executive order, the memorandums Mar- that they can do produce and everything. And where are they, where are they going to take it? Trump's just setting precedent for Bernie Sanders to say, Hey, I'm going to eliminate all student debt nationwide. Why do you keep saying Bernie Sanders? But because, I, but because I he's ma- a commie. But I would make a distinction. He is the commander in chief of the military yeah. and, and deciding how to take care of the military is different. Yes. It's in a different category. I'm not saying they're I'm, being I'm wise. I'm with that distinction. But, yeah. And, and I, yeah. and I still agree with the fact that I don't think the commies are going to make that distinction. No. But so we got now. No, they won't play by those this, rules. This, Absolutely. They never not. play by the rules. But this highlights, uh, Hunger Games 2020. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. It is time to walk away from the politics of the past and towards something totally different. People are lining up for food. That's a good thing. I'm a hugger, a good I'm thing. a kisser, and I'm a little bit of a sniffer. Raising the minimum wage does not hurt business, it grows business. So f***ing proud of you guys. Language. I am Spartacus. <laughs> oh boy. Oh man. Oh boy. So, incompetent oh Inslee. He's yep. the governor of the state of Washington. He's the one running off, you know, change. He's got to fix the planet and all that stuff, all the problems around the planet. Okay. He's out. Oh, he's gone. So in the coming weeks, you're going to actually see more. Where's the confetti? More Hunger Games devour <laughs> themselves right. over the coming weeks. Uh, and Common Ansley's out. He raised his 130. He needed 130,000 people to donate to his campaign to be able to make it to the next presidential okay. debate. Okay. But he wasn't pulling at 2%. So he got his money and he's so like, got- all right, well, hey, I'm, I'm going to have to bow out of this race. Because well, I'm not pulling it two percent nationwide. Does he give all that money back? No. Oh no, ha- he keeps it. What happens to the money? So there's gonna be more president. Well, he gets to keep it to, for but, what? Well, so there's campaign laws where you can actually all- allocate money that you had for a campaign that you didn't spend, and so he can reallocate it. But I'm not quite sure 
what all the laws about where he can reallocate. He's gonna it. give it back Must to be the, nice. Give it back to the city of Seattle well, or something. I think my my um I think they do this kind of thing where they raise a bunch of money in their presidential treasure chest and then they use it to kind of buy into the next president's cabinet. Right, because they can probably use that. They could probably use Make that a donation to, to Biden's campaign yes. or whatever. Okay, we got so, Steve Dace. Come on, I want to ask him yeah, about we that. Yeah, we need we need Steve Dace for that one. So, okay, but then we also have uh, Jill Biden. Basically, he makes the worst argument. Jill for, Biden, yeah, Jill. Joe and Jill. Joe and Jill okay. makes the worst argument here to vote for her husband. All right. You know, I, you know, your candidate might be better on I don't know health care than Joe is. But you've got to look at who's going to win this election. And maybe you have to swallow a little bit and say, okay, I sort of personally like so-and-so better. But your bottom line has to be that we have to beat Trump. You know, you may like another candidate better, but you have to look at who is going to win. And if education is your main issue, Joe is that person for you. It's just not very, not inspiring confidence. You might have to swallow, yeah, a little. But set your standards aside, <laughs> and only make winning. Hold your nose, yeah, yeah. All that matters is beating Trump. You yeah. know, there was. <laughs> oh, I'm getting in trouble for saying this. There was a time Whitney Houston, Bobby Brown, where it got into a relationship. Everybody was like, "Oh my goodness, Bobby Brown's on corrupt Whitney Houston," yeah. and we were so disappointed. And then they they did their TV show, the reality show. You start watching, you start squinting. You, just, oh, you know, it's, oh, it's Whitney. I don't think that Bobby Brown's corrupting Whitney. I think she's messed up all by herself. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. like, I think Joe, he's not alone in this one. <laughs> <laughs> he says crazy things That's all right. the time, and I think that they're just they're perfect for each other. <laughs> That's funny. What's it like being at their kitchen table? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah. She's sniffing his hair. Okay, there we go. Oh <laughs> man! All right, so Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Bernie Sanders. I can, how do I follow that one up? I don't know. He comes up. What just happened there? Bernie Sanders comes out with the Green New Deal. His Green New Deal. His version oh. of Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal that he promises to spend $16 trillion to fix the planet. Did he just see what now, we just saw? Yeah, I know. I know. 16, yeah, but $16 trillion. But here's the deal. So Ocasio-Cortez says, she said, hey, you at least got to spend $10 trillion. Any Any bold plans at least got to spend $10 trillion. But she actually said... She said, but it's best, the only way you're actually going to really fix it is spend 50 to $90 trillion. Oh, okay. That's where yes. Casey Cortez is at. Oh. On what? So, uh, yeah, exactly. On what? No, no. I'm like, but seriously, what do they want? <sighs> they want to f- fix the planet, man. It's, 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 <laughs> for 50 or $70 trillion. It's, it's for the kids. <laughs> and so here's, here's the, here, let me just, just highlight this and summarize it real quick. He, as part of this Green New Deal that Bernie Sanders uh, released, uh, he has a whole PDF. I kind of, I, I skimmed through his whole plan what did you um you just said, what it was you read it yeah. no no i didn't read it. i skimmed through it uh he said that <laughs> he promises to create uh 20 million jobs uh that 100 percent renewable energy for electricity and transportation no later than two, 2030 and complete decarbonization by 2050 that's kind of united nations <laughs> complete goals there i know whatever that word means now i'm gonna so read through have fizz no more yeah, right? talking yeah, about? No, carbonation <laughs> yep. <laughs> he's he's going to promise 20 200 billion into the green climate fund now if you remember we pulled out of the paris pact yeah he's he's actually going to put that money but that's what that is putting yeah. that money back in okay. 681 billion for low and moderate income families and small businesses for a trade-in program to get old cars off the road cash for clunkers 681 billion yep cash for clunkers wait, wait to get them to give them cars yeah Did to get go- their they'll buy their old cars off the road so they can buy a new car 
So he'll and we're going to cash for clunkers. What we're going to pay them for their old cars. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, almost a trillion dollars for sliding scale grants for low and moderate income families and small businesses to invest in cheaper electricity for the for these needs. I don't like this. Uh, these numbers don't mean. I mean a darn no. thing. No, and it's they, not being no. funny. It's it's no. yeah. It's it's like where do you think money comes from? Yeah, that's exactly five hundred right. billion for research technology to fully decarbonize industry. You know, there is no. Uh, you know, it just it just goes on. But it's uh, it, people don't. Like, I don't even. Why? Here's the deal. This here's 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 what Bernie's plan is going to do. It's going to take over the American economy. That is what it's going to do. It's going to fully. We're already kind of fascist, anyways. Well, the federal government is already like the biggest, you know, uh, gorilla in the room oh, yeah. when it comes to. Well, and if, if you guys analyze, if you look at government data, government jobs in your cities, yeah. largely speaking, government employees, um, they're probably in the top 10 employer in most cities. You know, you know part of. I wonder what the, what's the total, what's their total percentage of, of our GDP, like of our, of our, yeah. of our country's. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I get, you could run those numbers, but, but the government doesn't create jobs. No, it, no, it doesn't. The, no, no, no. They take, they take money from you to go and hire a person for them. That's not creating right. a job. Yeah, you you create innovation creates jobs. Innovation. People yeah. create jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Not R- government. Real services that fill value. real needs yep. and real products that mm-hmm. are useful to people. Yes, thank you. That's mm-hmm. what creates jobs. That's right. And yep. and, and, and capital is what creates pros- prosperity. But right. I think part of it too is this is it goes back to the God thing. They're trying to remove a certain type of struggle. Yeah. From the people. And right. and the, the truth is, is that the people do need a certain type of struggle. Yeah. Yes. If you don't have that struggle, then you don't get the, the stuff off of you that you need to get off to be invented. And, and mm-hmm. that's because mm-hmm. in order for something to be valuable, yeah. you had to work for it. That's right. This is this is the nature of the world. There's, well, not, not just you had to work for it, but what you did to work for it was valuable to someone else. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's inherent yeah. in that. Absolutely. It, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you could, yeah, you could work hard at piling up rocks all day long. Because, my no, point is, that's, nobody cares. that's what the government's doing. Right. Their, right. their, their yes. jobs largely pile up rocks. Yeah. Right. But of course, if that's useful to someone, they need to get the rocks piled up and yeah. you can do it for them. Yeah. Then they'll pay you for it because yeah. it's valuable to yeah. them. Right. Uh, yeah. It was doing some good, some useful good in the world. Yeah. There's a, there's a article that came out uh, recently where it's talking about how rural hospitals say Medicare for all would end up closing their doors. So rural hospitals, if if this uh, Medicare for all happened, Kami Harris's plan, Bernie. Redline Bernie's plan, yeah. all all the yeah. Hunger Games 2020 plans, if it happened, it would actually hurt rural communities. And this, but this is how um, uh, uh, this kind of regulation and this kind of taking over industry works is is the poor people get hurt. The whole local right. small right. hospitals close down because they have to consolidate. Right. They have to find efficiency somewhere, which means consolidating. Right. And when you consolidate, we pick the big cities. Well, and, and their their view of economics hates people. Yeah. Their view of, of economics hate, hates the image of God. Mm-hmm. And so rather than recognizing that value flows up mm-hmm. as people work hard and provide services and skills that are useful and actually producing good – and then that in in turn um, provides more. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than seeing it that way, the government is is wanting to be God yeah. and wants to create value out of thin air. Yeah. We will create jobs. We will. I mean, every time you hear that, you need to hear them saying, "We hate people." 
and you get Medicare for all at the same time. And it's the same thing. Go, it's the exact same thing, though, right. is, is just like creating jobs is we'll provide Medicare for everybody. But when they're doing that, you need to hear them saying, we hate people. Yeah. Was it- we hate individual people. We think of people entirely as collectives. Right. Yes. The human race is just this collective mass, not individual people made in the image of God. And you have to line up where we want you to line up. Right. This is why um, the whole like um, people have mentioned the death panels before yep. where there's people um, who are, you know, we, we don't have enough to go around. So we got to figure out who gets the treatment or not. Mm-hmm. Or you have to get in line and wait for your turn to get the kidney transplant or whatever, yep. which is what we see in socialist yeah. countries because yeah. you have to limit it. Mm-hmm. Well, the same thing's going to happen with the hospitals themselves. Right. Yeah, we right. don't have enough money to see all the hospitals through. So some of them have to be cut, which is for the good of the collective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right? This is communism, people. Yeah. Yeah. This is not honoring the image yeah. of God and in individuals because it's not honoring God's word and it's not bowing to God as God. Remember we had Dr. It was a Cal Beisner in it? Yes. And he talked about this. The very policies they create thinking that they're helping people are the very ones that are killing them and destroying them. That's, That's the not, thing. That's the we, thing. We it's happening. Every time. It's a battle over the dictionary. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we need to make sure we're naming yeah. these things accurately. All right. We come back. Cali. C.R. Kelly. I was going to call C.R. Pastor Kelly. Pastor Kelly is going to come on and talk to us about the image of God. Yes. Doctrines of Balaam next on Cross Politics. Where's my book at? I was looking for that. (laughs) I bet you took it. No, that's mine, you dude. Classical Conversation supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families. We provide a classical, Christ-centered curriculum, local, like-minded communities across the United States and in several countries, and we train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit our website at classicalconversations.com. Classical. Christian. Get connected. Get community. He's at dinner. I know. Yeah. And I got, I got Cal, Callie's on the phone from Texas. Oh no. From Texas. Is he from Texas? You, you yeah. Didn't, you didn't say he was from Texas. Hee-haw. Oh <laughs> man. You only get one hee-haw a year. That was. <laughs> That was the last hee-haw I'm hearing from you, sir. I'm for the decade. Yeah, okay. I'm going for decades. Let's do it. It's done. Hey, welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight Lab Feast Network. We apologize for Gabe as mm. usual, <laughs> and. We are grateful to have on the line C.R. Cali as the pa- he's the pastor of Sermon in the Park. C.R. Wiley. C.R. Cali. Oh, yeah, different. Oh, different, yeah, different guy. But, but C.R. is apparently the initials on the rise. Mm. The initials on the rise. New hotness. Uh, pastor of Sermon in the Park, a 1689 confessional, particular Baptist church in mm. Victoria. They're exclusive song. Texas. Mm. You got Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got Texas for this man. No. That's go. right. Okay. It feels better now. Okay. I've been out of town. I'm working uh, yeah, on it. Yeah, you have been. A student oh, and preacher of the Word of God who seeks to grow in understanding and consistency in the hermeneutical application of the text, which in turn drives his passion to grow in consistency in applying that text to all aspects of life and encourage this in others. His weeks are generally split between his hometown in Victoria, where he ministers to the needs of his congregation and spends time with his 12 grandchildren. Yeehaw! Amen. I, I did it again. Ain't, ain't none of them baptized out of Kelly. That's right. 
but they are catechized. <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> okay. All right. He didn't know about the order making disciples thing, but that's okay. San Antonio, and also San Antonio, where he and his wife Cheryl share the gospel of Jesus Christ and offer assistance to abortive women at the death camps there. You can also find them at university campuses and on the street evangelizing and interacting with everyday people. Hey, uh, Pastor Cowley, thank you so much for joining us on Cross Politic. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. All right. So I'm I'm just going to, I'm going to start with something kind of, I don't know, maybe surprising, but we got a picture of you up here with your, I think one of your granddaughters. Um, and, uh, yes. and I'm just, I'm just going to, you know, it looks like you've got a story. <laughs> it, it, it looks like you, I have you've got a story to tell. Story, I have the same story that every Christian has. I was a sinner saved by grace. Amen. And Lord changed my heart mm. and, uh, opened my eyes to the truth. And now I live for him. How's, how's your story related to why you wrote this book? The Doctrine of Balaam. Well, I didn't even say that in the introduction. Author of new book, The Doctrine of Balaam, <laughs> a polemic against the secular um, pro-life establishment, etc. Right. So I used to be very pro-eugenics, very pro-abortion. Um, back in the early 2000s, um, I lived behind a Planned Parenthood, and so I would go out and hold signs being pro-abortion wow. and then after being saved i realized well I, I knew that it was wrong but i didn't know i didn't know all of the implications of what it meant to be against abortion and then i saw a couple of videos uh, babies are murdered here and mm. who will stand and from that point on, I just started going out to the clinics and really studying the Word of God on what does it mean to be against this atrocity, and that's how the book came about. So, in the book, you, you have this term, and I, you know, you say the secular pro-life movement is actually on the cover of the book. Yeah, it's and so right. and so when you talk about the secular pro-life movement, I don't think I think about it like that. So, what do you mean when you say secular pro-life movement? <laughs> Well, in the book, I describe what that term means, and what I mean by it is listening to the world tell us, because we're all created in God's image. We know what sin is, so even the unregenerate person can look at abortion and go, this is wrong. But what they do not have is the tools to actually combat it properly. So when I say the secular pro-life movement, I'm talking about the unregenerate people, the establishment that rightly says abortion is wrong, but they don't have the proper tools to actually combat it. So the, one of the biggest problems I see is that pulpits aren't teaching about the image of God. We're not teaching about the problems with that we see in culture, whether it's dealing with racism or critical theory, feminism, sodomy, um, cohabitation, fornication, pornography. We're not actually teaching about that, and instead we're outsourcing all of our education and all of our activism to the world, and we're sending our people out there to learn from them, to fight with them on a problem that we have the answer to. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, Callie, would you make a distinction between the Christian pro-life movement and the secular pro-life movement? Um, 
what I think has happened is that there are really good people that have bought into this secular pro-life movement, thrown Christian terms onto it, and brought it back into the church. That, that, that really is the whole point of the doctrine of Balaam from Revelation 2, right? So I, what I think is happening is that good Christians have bought into their worldview, thrown Christian words onto it, brought it back into the church, and that's the problem. So can you give us examples? It's the same problem that we have with like uh, critical theory yeah. or intersectionality. Sure. It, it's the exact same thing, but in a different context. So give us some examples of key places where you see that secular mindset infecting Christian pro-life, the Christian pro-life movement. Right. So what I do in my book is I'm examining doctrine because everything is theological. Everything is right. based on worlds. Right. And so what I'm doing is I'm not attacking the, the movement itself, nor the people in the movement, nor the leaders. What I'm doing is going through the doctrine, the main doctrines that they hold to, and lining it up. Is it biblical? So the, the two major ones that I deal with in the book are about... Um, prosecution of all forms of criminal homicide, all of the active participants, the, the principal actors, right. co-conspirators. Equal justice. Right? Yeah. Equal justice. Mm-hmm. Opposed to what the secular pro-life movement says, that the women are second victims. And then the other issue that I deal with is um, incremental legislation and the various reasons behind it incremental legislation versus immediate. So later, uh, so can you just explain, so why do you believe that incremental pro-life laws are unjust? And and it was actually striking, you, you, you lay this out a bit in your book, and I think it'd be helpful for you to explain why you think that. But then at the end, towards the end, on, on page 131, you actually says you actually said that you're not against incremental laws per se, you're just against the unjust ones. So could you right. explain why you think incremental pro-life laws are unjust and then answer what incremental laws would you support? Right. That's a, that's a great question. So what is our argument against abortion? Our, our Really, our only argument is you cannot unjustly kill a human because humans are created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I would say is any law that doesn't comport with that argument is unjust. And any law that sanctions the unjust killing of a human is immoral. It is unjust. It is the sin of partiality. Mm-hmm. So a incremental law that is just would be like supporting a law that bans abortion completely and totally in the state of Texas, which could move to Oklahoma or Idaho. And why is that incremental step just? Well, because that state only has jurisdiction over its realm. It has no jurisdiction over other states. Mm -hmm. So an incremental law that would move from state to federal to world, those are actually just increments. 
because they do not violate our uh, moral arguments and they work within the sphere that God has ordained for that area. So another example of that would be like a city declaring itself sanctuary. like a city. sanctuary city. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And that, right. would, that could be Correct. incremental and then, you know, spread it to the county, then st- spread it to the state. Yeah. Right. So right. help me out. I mean, you, you know who you're talking to. We're, um, uh, at least I'll speak for myself. I don't speak for Gabe because he's from Texas. So and, he, you, you speak but, for him. But, uh, but, uh, you know, we, we've pushed hard on this because I, um, I'm, I want to see abortion ended as fast as possible. Yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Right. Um, I agree with you on the definition yeah. of murder, all of these things. And you know, we've taken this, um, to politicians that we've talked to on the show. Yeah. Um, we, we're, we're not, um, pussyfooting around yeah. we're not we're not cowards about this and at the same time right um i just can't get my head around the argument that um passing a 20-week fetal pain bill is in any way sanctioning the murder of the 18-week uh babies that are being aborted or the heartbeat right. bills i i just um i completely right. disagree that that's sanctioning the murder of them i see it as um a punch. I, I'm punching okay. the abortion movement, and I'm I'm sh- I'm shooting. Maybe sometimes I'm shooting just small rocks at them. Yeah, maybe they aren't very good punches. Maybe I'm just you know blowing raspberries at them. But the fact that every time we pass one of those limitation bills, they go hysterical makes me happy. <laughs> and, I, cause well, and, and and I get that. So here's why I say that it sanctions the the unjust killing of a human. So what does the word sanction mean? It means to give approval or give permission. And I'm not saying that you're doing that. I'm I'm talking about the law is saying this. Okay. So where does the law give actual approval or permission to unjustly kill a human? You guys are in Idaho. I'm in Texas. Our laws are pretty close to being the same. Yours are in uh, Chapter 18, Section 400, I believe. Ours is Chapter 19. And the actual, it's in the homicide codes is where it starts. Sure. Your your state and my state rightly defines an individual from the point of conception. Yeah. Both our states do that. And it's into the homicide code. We have fetal homicide laws. We have these distinctions that are made between intent and knowledge on what homicide is. And abortion falls within those bounds. Mm -hmm. Now, in both of our states, there are exceptions that are written into the homicide code where both of our states recognize abortion as criminal homicide, but there are generally three exceptions that are written. The first exception is for the woman who legally can kill her unborn baby at any time up until birth for any reason by any method. She is exempt from prosecution. The second one usually deals with the abortionist as long as he does his homicidal acts in accordance to the state regulations. And then the third deals with like IVF research and pharmaceuticals. But let's look at the second one. These are all found in the, the health codes. So the government is sanctioning the murder at any point for any reason by any method to the woman in that law. And then it says we will regulate how the abortionist can do it 
through the health codes. And that's where you find all of these other bands, the 20 week, the heartbeat, the uh, informed consent laws. These are all to regulate how the abortionist is permitted to kill a child. That's why I say that these laws are sanctioning the unjust killing. At the same time, I get, so I guess in, in some technical sense, I can see what you mean. At the same time, I, when you're in a war, when you're in a fight, um, what you, 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 you know, a bar fight isn't clean. Um, there's, there's no referees when you're on the, the field of battle. Um, there's not a referee saying, ah, oh, you shot him in the foot, you know, right. penalty. You have to stand on the side. Um, the culture war is messy and, um, and it's complex. And, and I, and it seems right. to me that the, the insistence that only a total ban is pleasing to God or only a total ban is the righteous step forward. Um, misunderstands the nature of culture war. Um, when, okay, but it, when we're, we're just focused on is the justice of a law. And God is very clear about being on the side of using equal weights and measures, yeah. using um, fair scales, and he calls it an abomination when we don't apply those. Right. So what I'm looking at is the morality, the objective morality, the objective justness of a law. And when God calls it an abomination and says, woe to you that in, um, decree unjust laws and gives us a whole, like Psalm 82 was given to the king in the first sermon, every coronation. Why? To remind him yeah. sure. to be a just judge. And if he's not, there is punishment for it. So I think that we ought to be looking at the objective morality of a law. And if it is unjust, if it is immoral, then we ought to resist it. Uh, okay, so so I feel like there's this huge chasm between those. And I'm, I want to figure out, I think we're both trying to figure out how to get there. And right. I feel like that for from my situation, I'm crawling, trying to get there. And you're like, if I can't jump the whole thing, then I'm not going to try. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that. And so I want to ask in your situation, how do you get to the place where you can make, get across this chasm? Trust in the providence of God. Yeah. But I I don't think that we're not, I think we're trusting and acting all the way the same. So I would say that if I, let's say a heartbeat bill or a 20 week bill, man, that's nothing. I get it. But we are not stopping at that, right? That is not what our objective is. That's, just, obje- that's just an elbow to the chin. Yeah. And, and then we're coming after you. So then I say, I say, so Callie, like, I'm, I'm with you on that, but guess what I'm going for next? And then after this one, guess what I'm going for next? And guess what, man? If I, I if I can get a punch in here to take the whole thing down, that's what I'm going to do. Like, I love what's happening with the, the city councils deciding to outlaw abortion in their cities. That's a Amen. huge blow. What, what, state, what state is that? Uh, I can't remember. It's uh, Texas, oh, come right? on. Come oh, on. Yes, yes, it's Texas. Texas. Yes, it is. <laughs> Here's part of the problem. What is the worldview issue behind these unjust incremental laws? That, that's, that's really the root of the problem. You guys are usually very consistent with the application of the Bible and getting behind the thing to the worldview behind it. Sure. And, and what I'm seeing in these incremental laws is two ungodly worldviews that are tied together that we ought to be resisting, one of which is moral relativism, and the other is utilitarian pragmatism. 
And I, I think we need to fight the moral relativism that these laws are promoting. That's really what's behind these things. I, I, I can agree the secular pro-life would view that way. Yeah. I don't, I'm, we aren't but moral. Let me, let me lay out. But, let me yeah. lay out a case, a biblical case for for what I think um, it justifies uh, what we call smash mouth incrementalism um, or reformation reformational abolitionism. Okay, if, if you prefer. Okay, ready. Like so use the word abomination a minute ago, and um, uh, with regard to uh, unjust weights and measures. And but here, right, here, defiling the land where the people get bonded up. Exactly. So, but so I want to use that word, and I want to want to trace something for you. It, in some ways, this okay. rem, this reminds me of the old um, theonomy debates, and I don't know how much you've read up on kind of the old school Reconstructionism stuff, but um, in the seventies and eighties, Rush Dooney, Bonson, some other guys said recovering all of God's word, God's law, and saying, "Hey, guys." Um, we don't need to make up justice as we go along. We should use the whole word of God and we should apply it to all of life. Yeah. And then um, almost immediately, a bunch of people jump on the scene and they say, it says in the Bible, you have to execute homosexuals. So we have to execute the homosexuals now. And all of a sudden you have this like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. It, is that the way we get there? It, is is that really how? And so there's this big division opens up and you've got people, good people like Vern Poitras, for example, who writes the book. Um, the shadow of Christ and the law of Moses, which I highly recommend to anybody who says, what's right. theonomy? Yeah. Great book. Um, and he says, if that basically those extreme forms of theonomism, uh, theonomy, uh, that's not me. I'm not a theonomist, but I read, you know, shadow of Christ and the law of Moses. And I say, yeah, you are, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Right. But you recognize taking the whole Bible together that we want to take that old covenant, that old Testament law, and we need to read it through the lens of Christ. And then we need to apply it sort of through the gospel, if you will. Yeah. Now, a, a microcosm of that, I think, can be seen in the in the um, sin of homosexuality and the crime of homosexuality, the crime of sodomy. Um, the Bible outlaws it. It's a crime. And But then what you have happened, though, is the people fall into sin. Sodomy becomes normal in Israel, uh, particularly tied to pagan practices and pagan worship. And then Josiah and Hezekiah come along, righteous kings. And what do they do? The, the word says that they exiled the homosexuals. They exiled the sodomites. Yeah. They began suppressing it, but they didn't have a mass execution ceremony. Mm-hmm. And the word, right. of, the so word of God says, between, says they were faithful. Right. This is a difference between like penology and actually applying just laws. And, and I, I agree with what you're saying as far as how do we um, apply the punishments in the context that we live in versus applying just laws that apply to all people in all places and all time. And I, the problem that I have on your blog, you, you wrote about say a 20 week ban. You cannot say whether that law is a good law, a moral law, whether it's just, because you need the context in which you're placing that law. That at its root is moral relativism. You, you can't say if it's good until you put it in the context of New York versus Texas. Was King Josiah being a moral where, relativist? I'm, where, where, where I am saying that the, the law itself is an unjust law, that it shows partiality to some humans over others, that it's using accidental properties to decide which human 
lives and dies rather than basing everything off of the essence of the human, which is the image of God that's created in. So there's a difference between the penology that you're talking about and creating a a law that, that is equal in protection and justice for all people. G- Gabe's question, though, is, is that's how... That's what I'm looking at. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I ask, but Gabe's question is the point, though, is so was Josiah sanctioning sodomy when he said, y'all got to leave the land? Was he being a moral relativist? Was he being a moral relativist? Because of it, the moment of history he was living in, he said, you know, we are all implicated in this. We've all done this. You guys just need to leave. I'm going to begin suppressing this. We're going to head back towards the law of God. That's what we're doing. Yeah. And he did the best he could with the moment in the moment he was. Was he being a moral relativist and was he sanctioning sodomy? I would say he was not. And he wasn't being a moral relativist. He was re- he was reforming did he leave them in the land. Did he allow them in the land? No, but he but allowed he didn't them. Fa- to- he didn't right. do that exactly so what justice. So, but so justice the, required the, the him crime, to kill them. Didn't, right? didn't justice require him to, to execute law. them? That's that's what I'm saying is like we're disagreeing on the penology of it, but what we're not what he didn't do is say it's okay to be a sodomite in this land. He's like purging the land of the sin. Right, and that's what we're doing too. That's <laughs> we're purging the land. But it's not though. <laughs> but but you're not, it's still allowed in the land through these laws. But it's it's but that's that's why we're in a fight. That's. I mean, you you, right. you you can't just. Did all the homosexuals just walk out of King Josiah's you, kingdom you, overnight? You, you begin somewhere. We're, we're looking at two different things. I'm looking at the objective morality of the law itself. I don't think we're disagreeing with you yeah. on that. No, we don't. We're, we're not disagreeing right. with you on that, Kelly. What we're disagreeing with is how to walk that out. How, how do we get there? Because I guess the first thing I want to do is I, I I say, okay, I think it was George Grant that came on the show and, and he was doing some ministries and found on a dumpster a bunch of um of the abortion clinic closed and found a bunch of papers and come to find out more than half of the people who were getting abortions were evangelicals. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, I see them every day at the clinic. Okay. Right. So, yeah. So Man. you know this. So you yeah. know it's true. So let's let's just start from practically walking this out. Um, I want to start at home first. Yeah. How about hey, church? Stop want, aborting your kids. I want to do. I want to start How about the, the family first. That's what I'm talking Get about. Married, have children, raise them up. Baptize them. You skip that. You skip the, the baptize part. <laughs> baptize them. Be an indictment against the world Amen. and their cultural of death by Amen. saying this is what it means to love life. Or, and, and, actually, and from there, move to your church. Start kicking people out. Use the keys of the kingdom to say you are acting unjustly. You are acting unbiblically. Yes. You Amen. are not part of us. Get out. We have problems where we have not just revoice stuff. That is all a huge problem. Mm-hmm. But we, there are Presbyterians and Baptists that are legislators that are killing bills of abolition. There, yeah. there was a guy in Texas, a elder in a PCA church that ran for governor on a pro-choice, pro-sodomite I, platform. I tried to get him on the show. Why, he wouldn't is, come on. He, why is he not being yeah. under church? Oh, Amen. Hands down. Amen. That's, that's my point. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And you I, know? Yeah. Go ahead. But Kyle. now we're walking it out. So, so let's, right. That, and that's, that's how I wanted to end my book was, you know, it, the only reason I was writing about legislation was that's not even the, the hard-hitting part of abolitionism. That, that That's just one of the, the minor facets, I would say. 
it's it's about getting into your family, teaching your family what does it mean to image God? What, what does it mean to love your neighbor and have a huge family show the world and be an indictment against them? Because we deserve judgment. And I think that our, our sodomy laws and our, our, our pro-abortion laws, this is judgment against us. Yeah. We have defiled the land, and yeah. God ought to vomit us up out of this land, but he can give us repentance. Yeah. Yeah. And I pray for repentance. I want my children and grandchildren to live in a, a, a godly, a more godly country, but providence is wiser than us. So I'd rather than look at the circumstance, be content in all circumstances and stand on justice, stand on the word of God, regardless yeah. of what the outcome looks like. Yeah. The, th- the thing that I really appreciated about your book was that I, I think of all the abolitionists I've read and talked to and communicated with yours has far more balance to yes. it than I yeah. usually hear. Yeah. Amen. And so For somebody who wanted to know, like, what's abolitionism and so on, I would point them to your book and I would say, I think there's some things there that I differ with, um, some places where um, I think there are some weaknesses, um, but that's a a a far more balanced approach than we typically get. And and the the one thing, the weakness I would say, honestly, um, comes down to how we get there. What you said there is great, and I agree with that, and I would want to jump up and down on that. And, and the, and the, but then bringing it home to the abortion issue in particular, the thing that I would want to say is, um, and this is really what struck me, I think, in the chapter on prosecution of mothers is, is I, I think that, um, technically I agree with everything you say, but I think that if, um, if we recognize just how complicit we all are in this. So I'm talking about everything you taught, you said, I'm talking about, I'm talking about adultery. I'm talking about fornication. I'm talking about sodomy. I'm talking about pornography. Yeah. I'm talking about divorce, the right. the f- divorce and <laughs> yeah. remarriage. I'm talking right. about all this stuff. Exactly. Because uh, it's all the same. And it's so all connected. exactly. It's all connected. The church has built a culture of death. Absolutely. Oh, and that's right. And, yes. and so we who are supposed to be salt and light have the blood of 60 million children on our hands. That's right. And so Correct. if Jesus walks into this moment and we're talking about prosecuting the mother, I think Jesus says, all right, you who have no blood on your hands, you bring the first stone. Mm. And I think everybody drops the rocks who's convicted by the spirit and walks away. And Jesus says, go and sin no more. And then having having marinated, let me finish the sentence, having marinated in that grace, I don't know, maybe for a generation or two. (laughs) Absolutely, we change all the laws in the books, and it's murder to murder your baby and all of it. But but we get there by grace. We get there because the kindness of God leads us to repentance. We get there because the death penalty we all deserved fell on Jesus instead of us. Right. Um, that right. has to be front and center. And I think sometimes in the in the press to get the justice issues right, we're missing the biggest justice issue of all, which is that we're all guilty. And that God put his son in our place and he paid the penalty that we all deserve. I know you agree with that. And I know you understand that. Right. But, but I think that's, that's I mean, gotta all, be, that's all over in my book. That's gotta be the spear point yeah. of getting there. We're not going to get there by passing a, a complete ban bill tomorrow. Um, we're, I, I, mean, oh, I, I agree. Yeah. I fully agree with that. It, it, it's not about the laws. It's not about 
any of that. It, it's about what you say. It's about the, the gospel of the kingdom. Yeah. For sure, 100%. Amen. There is a difference between forgiving a person for their sins against God within the church realm and being brought in to the kingdom of God. That itself does not take away the earthly consequences within this realm. Of course. We, we, we can't we, do we that. agree. And the law is a tutor. Yes. That's one of the problems that I have with a lot of these uh, pro-life laws is we, the people, and the pro-life movement is teaching the public what to think about abortion. We say we're winning 65 75% are, are pro-life now. Well, what they mean by that is 75% of the people want abortion. They just want it regulated in the first trimester mm -hmm. because that's what we've taught them. Yeah. Oh, women are victims. That's what we've taught them. Yeah. How do we unteach them and teach them biblical principles? By saying it's murder and treating this form of criminal homicide the way we treat all forms of criminal homicide. When we were at the, the Texas Bill Committee, giving testimony all night long, the number of women and, and men, there were a couple of men that talked about this too, that talked about what they would have done had it been illegal, had they been taught by the law that it was murder. It, it's, it's crushing to us. Yeah. But that goes you know? back. We, we and, agree. And, I mean, we, we agree, but the question is how do we get there? Yeah, I think that goes back to the beginning point, which is like we just have a whole lot of ignorance still inside of our own Christian community. The that's church why, is not yeah, teaching on this. The family's do. not it's, teaching on this. But that's right. why before we start jumping right. legislation, which I think we should, we have a lot of training to do right. at the at home. Right. And, and, you know, I think that one of the things I enjoyed about the book, and I'll say this, and then we got to go. But I want to say this. We forget just how much we're fought from Christians on the issue of, of when it comes to legislation. Like there's so many Christians right. that are so ignorant about this yeah. who I think mean well, but end up completely destroying the very thing that we're trying to accomplish, which is what we saw in Texas. And the reason that is, is right. because we don't have a good foundation of the truth. Right. You know, and so I, I right. And so but, I get that. Yeah. And, and I, I'm with that. And, I, and that's I, why I wrote my book. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. And, and I would just but I would just go back and again. Look at look at the New Testament. And and Jesus and and the apostles proclaim the gospel. They're not afraid to say sin is sin. Yeah, abortion is murder. Sodomy is sin. So I mean, they they mention they it. will not inherit the kingdom. They will of God. not inherit the kingdom yeah. of God. But the thing that they're doing is not insisting and demanding that the Roman governors immediately outlaw these things. Yeah, they well, they, they say you need to bow the knee to Jesus. Yeah. Um, you need to receive his discipling the nation. His mercy. Yeah, the the nation. And then, of course, over right. time, and, 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 they're going to establish justice, but they're going to do that over time. Callie? And, and that's, that's what I'm saying, is, is that our job as the church is to be the prophetic voice to Caesar and disciple Caesar on what justice is because we live here. In yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And we do need to be defining exactly what true yeah. and biblical justice is. Callie. At the center of that is the cross. Absolutely. Callie, where can we find your book at? Because who's it published by again? Wrath and Grace. Oh, there we, we know, go. We know them Rath guys. Oh, we okay. got shirts from yeah, them. We, we? we got t-shirts from them. <laughs> yeah. I should have worn mine. Oh, yeah. So what's um, the, go ahead. What's the website we can buy this book at? Wrathandgrace.com. You can find me at Facebook, uh, Facebook backslash resist Balaam. All right. All right. Hey, brother, thank you for writing this book. Appreciate it and appreciate the conversation. More cross politics <laughs> when we come back. Good book, Callie. 
God's people are word spreaders, from quill to fountain pen, from printing press to microphone. The message of scripture, the stories of God's works, have been declared by changed people to change people. In six days, God made everything. In three days and three nights, he remade us so that we could be makers, artisans, builders, wordsmiths, and mechanics, each made to make known his glory and his grace. From the colors come to life when God said, let there be light, to the colors seen by eyes when God said, let there be sight. God has made us to respond to what he has made, to hear what he has done and remade. At Wrath and Grace, every t-shirt that you buy or hire us to make is an investment in the spreading of God's might and grace and name. We are a gospel-focused, kingdom-building company made makers by our Savior. We want to make t-shirts for you. I said one. You're not supposed to say one when you do that. <laughs> yeah, usually not, no. <laughs> Welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. And if you haven't joined us, you know what I mean. Join, join. Go to fightlifefeast.com and get yourself one of these pint glasses. Become a cross politic member. Definitely sweeter. Support our antics. I would, I would, I would also add, if um, if you haven't sent us Cuban cigars before in the past, <laughs> you, you, you can should al- do that. You can also do Does that. Somebody do that? that? Somebody we had, we had some Cuban Baptist cigars? brothers do that. Really? Man, they were loving us. We had a Baptist uh, brother send us pipe tobacco. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was maybe, some of the best yeah. pipe I mean, tobacco uh, Can Presbyterians yeah. send us anything? <laughs> all the Baptist they brothers. Sp- they be smoking all that themselves. <laughs> <laughs> the Baptist brothers are like, like I got to bless the Presbyterian yeah. brother. <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh, guys. New York Police Department Commissioner James O'Neill announced this week he'll enforce an administrative judge's recommendation, which was just made earlier this month, mm-hmm. that Officer Pantaleo be terminated over the July 17th, 2014 confrontation with Eric Garner. Tending consequence of Mr. Garner's death must have a consequence of its own. Therefore, I agree with the Deputy Commissioner of Trials legal findings and recommendations. It is clear that Daniel Pantaleo can no longer effectively serve as a New York City police officer. In carrying out the court's verdict in this case, I take no pleasure. I know that many will disagree with this decision, and that is their right. There are absolutely no victors here today, not the Garner family, not the community at large, and certainly not the courageous men and women of the police department. Commissioner O'Neill, while we appreciate you making your decision, we are definitely still calling for the Eric Garner law, which will ban the chokehold, which will ban officers being protected by a shield and not held accountable for their actions. Eric Garner was killed five years ago. It took five years for the officer to be fired. I don't want another Aragona. Because this police officer, police officer Pantaleo, did exactly what he was trained to do. Did exactly what he was asked to do. Did exactly what the neighborhood complained to the chief of department about. And the chief of department sent this out. And he did that job. It ended with tragedy, absolutely. But he did that job, and now he's got run over by the bus. So... Wow, there's a lot there. Remember, yeah. okay, just real quick. This is this is this is painful to watch, but remember Eric Garner's arrest caught on a cell phone. That sell nothing. The deadly confrontation on July 17th was caught on a passerby cell phone. Police were trying to arrest the 43-year-old Garner. 
for allegedly selling illegal cigarettes, Garner appeared to resist. I told you the last time, please leave me alone. Officer Pantaleo, seen in the green shirt, quickly entered the scene and took him down with a chokehold. The NYPD banned the use of chokeholds in 1993. Wow. So, that's tough to watch. One more clip, one more clip before we try to pull this together. Mayor de Blasio had this to say. The place that we had turned for generations to, a place that was synonymous with making things right, failed us. The United States Department of Justice, absent and unwilling to act, even to come to any decision for five long years. But today, we have finally seen justice done. Okay, so that's the question that we want to ask. Mm. Has justice been done? Mm. Has justice been done? Now, um, zoom out a little bit for a second. Why should anyone care about this? Why is this significant for America? Why should Christians even care? Yeah, this is a tough one for me. (laughs) Because I feel like justice should have been very different with how things went with Aaron Garner because I feel like all the petty law... Don't say I feel that, like. Okay. because We're Christians. Yeah, thank you. Because all the petty law that was enforced for Eric Garner not to be allowed to sell cigarettes on the street, whatever, yeah. that's just petty law. And and so that allowed for petty officers to do um, you know a petty arrest. But and, who cares? And that, that who cares about something petty happening in New York City? Things Petty things happen in New York City all the time. Who um, cares? Why should I care? I live in Idaho. Because our, our government is trying to play God in, in all these little details, all the way down to selling cigarettes on the street. Right. And then they um, choke Eric Garner uh, and and not knowing all his medical condition, all that stuff, he dies from it as a result of that arrest. Right. And then now we have this whole, what does justice now look like after that business happened? Right. And I, I think part of what's at stake here is the larger narrative of there is a particular group of people that are constantly being mistreated by the police. And no matter where we're talking about black people, uh, mainly black people, people of color minorities, but for the most part, especially black people are being mistreated by the police for the most simplest of things. And it's leading to, but give me an example. um, Oh man, where do you want to start? I mean, from my own experience, it's just being pulled over constantly by the police for no absolute so, reason So the driving by black, dr- driving, driving, while, driving black. while black, assumed uh, the misidentity of another person. I'm sorry. I thought you were somebody else who we were looking for. Yeah. Um, you name it. Just, just the picking on constantly. If you live in a community where the police are usually at large and are running around the community constantly. If you're a person of color, you're a black kid, you can expect to be so having in, the same narrative. Is it happening to you here in Idaho? No, it's not. I don't experience so, that here. But where have you but, experienced it? Especially in Minneapolis, um, in Georgia. So, uh, so my uh, question there, though, would that be um, in Chicago? Should that be acceptable? So, but let me let me let me finish. It's important because if we look at this case, all of it has been coming together right. to say if 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 we're ruling wrong here, then the whole thing is broken. Right. And that's why this is important for a Christian because this we're kind of looking at it microscopically and saying, hey, this is exactly what we're pointing to as it relates to everything else. Right. So this is a zoom in yeah. on one particular issue 
But the thing that we want to point out is that this is kind of a really fascinating microcosm yeah. of the moment we live in. And remember that this happened right in the aftermath of the Michael Brown shooting yep. in Ferguson. Yeah. And so that this was quick on the heels of Trayvon Martin. Yeah. So yeah. this these two or three instances kind of successively um, became the rallying cry of Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I can't breathe. Yeah. Which you heard in the clip, yeah. which he said a number of times, having been taken down. Yeah. Um, by Officer Pantaleo. Um, and then the you know the it was later debunked, but um, the hands up, don't shoot yep. right. from Michael Brown became the the rallying cries. Yeah. Of Black Lives Matter. Right. And um and so and here it is and and but it's you know as as his daughter pointed out five years. Yeah. Um, it took five years. And so why is this significant? It's it, it's a microcosm of the judicial system. Yeah. Um, what kind of laws are we enforcing? Yeah. Are they actually being enforced? Is it just to have a law about, you know, selling illegal cigarettes? I mean, that question. How do you uh, how do you address the fact that in some of these cities uh, there is rampant crime? Yeah. And then you're the police officer um, tasked with. Actually dealing with that. You had to decipher what's what and who's what's where and what? how you do this. And even if the law is petty, you're the police officer who's charged it, it, to force right. it. How do you deal with that? And then yeah. zoom out even further and and both real and perceived racial tensions. Um, it, it, you know, and how do we deal with that? Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the... So those are all kind of reasons why we care about this story and why it's yeah. worth talking about. So real quickly, um, why did it take this long? Yeah, that... I, I mean, five years. I can't figure that out. I think over we, five years. When we were talking about this earlier, I couldn't figure out. Know, we want swift justice, but right. I think it was politicized in such a way that no one wanted to touch it yeah. because it had implications all the way around. So what Mayor de Blasio, um, hot dog de Blasio, was our <laughs> yeah. 2020 name. Yeah. Hot dog de Blasio. Good luck getting justice from that dude. But, I mean, yeah, seriously. seriously. Yeah. Um, what he's referring to in his comments that we played just a moment ago is the fact that um, no other um uh, uh investigations would take this case up yeah, well, especially department of justice yeah, so department, he's he's pointing at trump he's saying hey, trump's justice, a bad president and but, his administration's not going to do anything nobody about it. would take it yeah. yeah no um no attorneys would take this case up yeah cuz you remember he's not treating obama's like department of justice wouldn't take it up well, it, okay so that's my point though is just yeah. timing wise yep. and then so what ends up happening uh, we we had to do some digging for this is that so? What you have, this is an internal yeah. New York Police Department investigation that has finally come to a close earlier this last month, right. where a so the judge involved. I'm using air quotes for those of you listening. Yeah. Um, the judge involved was an internal employee of the department, yeah. an administrative a, kind of an administrative judge, judge yeah. right. who reviewed all the facts of the case and made a recommendation that he be fired. Right. O'Neill then took that recommendation. The commissioner. Right. The chief police uh, police uh, commissioner of, of New York City took that recommendation and agreed with it and right. went ahead and made the firing. Yeah, f- fired a Pantaleo. Um, now, yeah, go ahead. My point being is just that one possible reason why it took so long is that there was, and I didn't, I don't know the exact timelines, but you have there are, are multiple jurisdictions that overlap in a situation like this. Mm-hmm. So there really is there's a there's a, a criminal investigation. Um, mm-hmm. side of things that has jurisdiction because a murder someone, someone died somebody died and yeah. there's an investigation to take place to find out if it was a homicide and if it should be charged you have an internal new york police department you also have possibly federal yeah. and so you have a number of overlapping jurisdictions and and you're kind of watching you know specifically if you're internal you're probably watching for external investigations 
to give you additional facts on the case. Yeah. Well, why would you want them to give you additional facts? If it's closer to you, you should be able to handle it better than anybody else. Well, because you can't, you might not be able to handle all the criminal aspects of the investigation because you don't have that kind of authority. Well, it's, well, no, well right? no, but for you, what you can handle, what you have jurisdiction of, you should yeah. be able to make that case. Well, I think you can do that. You can do the investigation. So they could have fired him way before they ever had another investigation. They could have said, hey, you know what? We've checked this out. And from what our. They per- could have. But what they might be wanting to do is say, we don't want him to face criminal prosecution because we didn't feel it was criminal right we felt like well, not within the jurisdiction of his job but it, right? but it but it sure looks like all the criminal investigators says there's not enough evidence here to make a clear yeah. case i mean watching watching the and this because is because he was never criminally charged well, no prosecutor that, 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 went after him right and, that, and that's right. the point my, my thought is with black lives matter blowing up yeah, all the social justice stuff, all this stuff going. And yeah. Obama was the president when this happened. Exactly. It seems to me that some young, energetic attorney yeah. is going to say, "I'm going to make a name for myself with the Black Lives Matter. I'm right. going to, I'm going to be the hero. Yeah, and I'm going to take this to court unless there simply was not evidence to take to charge him with." Yeah, uh, I, now, I, I feel differently about that in some senses because that's the New York Police Department you're going against. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And so, but, yeah. so that's New York. A prosecuting attorney doesn't want to you shoot himself move on the out foot. Of planet yeah. Earth. Yeah. If well, you want to deal with them, yeah. okay. well, what you have here is warring gods. Yes. So the yes. gods of New York City. Yes. Are pretty mighty. They are. But you also have the gods of Black Lives Matter. And, and where are they at? And though? social justice. Well, and, and PC culture. I mean, that's all. Of the, yeah, yeah. Every, all of it. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. All, the, the the liberal gods, yeah. the Hollywood gods, the LGBT I gods. I think you're right because if they would have yeah. lost this. It would have been they're done for sure. And so if they and they want to take on something, they have absolutely yeah. all the mounting evidence to be able yeah. to make a case for this. Well, so, and historically, juries tend to favor cops in these kind of right, difficult situations. And, right. and so. just looking at it from the outside, yeah. watching that video clip, and I've watched it numerous times. I look at it, and I'm like, you know, I with all my reading into this, the best intentions possible. I don't think Pantaleo was trying to kill him. Right. I and, don't think and, he was. Try- he he might have misused his his force. He, he probably did some things, and again, those situations are rough and tough. I get it, but I don't think it was intentional what he was trying to do. So if that's yeah. the case, how do you prove that? Right, and, and that's what the – and for the record, that's what the internal investigation found. They did not find him guilty of homicide. Right. You know, or, or um, intentional strangulation, I think, was the thing that right. they, were, they were trying to um, uh, investigate. Him of, or investigate which him, which would, yeah. is not a criminal category. Y- y- yeah. but, but what they found him guilty of, the internal investigation, was reckless use of force. And you're not going to convince me from what I saw that that wasn't a chokehold. Right. I'm just, right. I mean, you know, the arm was around his neck through I mean, his head. Yeah. You know, yeah. halfway through where his head is. So I but, get that. But what they pointed out and what it needed to, what I think it became a significant factor in the, in the issue, in, in the, in the situation was that there were other factors. Yeah. So he had significant asthma, asthma. and then ended up having a cardiac arrest, yeah. I, I believe. And it, I, it I, seemed I, like it. That's what I, happened right when he got him in the chokehold. A good point. He, he locks up his hand and I don't right. think he was just trying to stop, stop a fall. I think he tripped out for a second. That's what it looked like because yeah. his hand but, went into shock. So I, I think mean, there was I'm something sh- there I'm from sure that. specialists yeah. analyzed yeah. this video very closely. But there's no doubt that that whatever Pantaleo did initiated that. Yeah. yeah so that yeah. was. But it was so it was accidental. Yeah. Definitely. He didn't intend to kill him. No. Um. But he died. He did die. And overselling and, cigarettes. Every, yeah. On the street. <laughs> okay. So let's. Add, so Gabe, you want to talk about this? I know you do. Should he have even been arrested? Uh. So I. I think. I don't think he should be uh, should have been arrested and i think there's there's two questions i think is, uh, is the one question is what does justice look like 
with Eric Garner on the street there. And then what does justice look like uh, now that this petty law is enacted? This cop comes and arrests him. You can't sell cigarettes on the street. That that petty law you're talking about. Yeah, right. And and so what does justice look like on the other side of the issue? Once Eric Garner's dead, what does justice look like for Officer Pantaleo? Right. But let's Um, let's talk about the first. Yeah. First. So so in my view, this should have never happened because Eric Garner shouldn't have been arrested or, or even challenged by the officers for selling cigarettes on the street. Okay, but what, let's say he's he's. I mean, doggone, we got dog poop in, in San Francisco. They don't even arrest yeah, people human for. Feces. Oh my god, human, human feces. feces. Oh, they yeah. don't even arrest people right. for. Yeah. And this, you know, what I mean? like this. Right. So I, yeah, I'm with you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. right. Well, yeah. What? <laughs> that that is a really striking contrast. The right? homeless situation. Yeah. H- human feces is allowed to remain on the street. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't yep. sell cigarettes on the street. Going punished on the street. Yeah, so right. Yeah, yeah. Un- yeah, unpunished. Yeah. So, so, but what's? But let's say like it really is being a nuisance. I mean, you're running right, a right. business. You're trying to sell stuff in your in your convenience store. You're outside the store, and it's people are not coming. So basically, you're saying Eric Garner's not loving his neighbor. Yeah. Right. So yeah. what do you, what do you do? Uh, <laughs> this is where this is where I don't quite know where to, to head with this because um, Eric Garner's on a public walkway. Uh, and in in the streets, and then he's on the storefront. Apparently, the store owner called the cops what, yeah. on Eric Garner. Yeah. And but Eric Garner has a right to be there, but at at the same time, he's being annoyance to the business. Apparently, customers weren't coming in the business because he was selling right. cigarettes or, or in front, he, or, or the store owner was getting outdone because he's selling them cheaper on the front side of it. Well, because he doesn't have all this overhead and taxes he has to pay and yeah. everything. Right. <laughs> it just mounts up. All the pettiness yeah, just yeah. mounts up. Yes. You know, yes. All the administrative pettiness just mounts up. So. I, I don't I don't really quite know how to handle this situation because I, I don't think the cops should have been involved. Yeah. And apparently this should have been worked out between the store owner and Eric Garner, I but guess. There's, but there's a law on the books. They got to, they, they, you know, yeah, it's no illegal loitering. to sell, no loitering. It's, it's illegal to sell cigarettes, apparently, illegal yeah. cigarettes, whatever. I mean, I mean, you got hot dogs that are illegal in New York. They, they were trying to make illegal. I yeah, think yeah. they did, didn't right, they? Right. No, and I yeah. think it's so, government property. So, so, so yeah, on government I, I property. Was, yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, this, there's a lot of messed so, up situations. So what's I, guess, I guess what we should not do, what, I guess what we should not be doing is like calling the cops for every little thing, even if it's a law. Let's say even if it's a petty law. Yeah. Figure out how to work it out between yourselves. Well, and I think that's part, that's absolutely a huge part of it. I don't, first of all, my people's minorities, people of color, liberal laws don't help people who are trying to get their hustle on. Oh, yeah. Liberal yeah. laws remove ability for us to be able to hustle. Right. Yeah. And so long as we support people that are going to create laws that say you can't hustle and get your game on, then, then that's right. going to hurt us. That's going to hurt the Eric Gardner's right. out there. They're right. trying to support their seven, six, seven right. kids, eight kids, whatever. Right. You know, that's, that's not helping us. So first of all, let's just think about when we're talking about this, how do we get people in there who are going to let us have our hustle game right. that can't afford a storefront? But that means getting, that means Making the state recognize is not God. Yes. And therefore it cannot regulate because it, it's, it only gets in the way. Yeah. It, their regulations are oppression. Yeah, it allows for the death of Eric Garden. It's, that's right. It's ropes. Yeah. That's what it is. It's ropes. We need to have the mindset of a Chick-fil-A. If we have a good business and we have a guy out in front of our business as Christians, you know, do we just call the police on them? I, I want to try the approach of a Chick-fil-A. What did the Chick-fil-A do? We what are you talking about? So when Chick-fil-A got um, boycotted by the homosexual movement, they brought them sandwiches out. <laughs> uh, uh, the homosexual LGBT they, community was protesting they, they them. They brought them drinks out. Yeah. But David, that, yeah. that's, that's not realistic. <laughs> that's, that's pouring cold. That's, real, that's not realistic. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I think, it, but it is realistic. My yeah. mom did this. Yeah. My mom would see the drug dealer up at the corner. Now, this is somebody who's hurting our community. Yeah. And the police would ride right past yeah. them because they didn't want to have to deal with it because they couldn't find the drugs on them or whatever. They, yeah. But we know they're dealing drugs. Yeah. And she would walk up and say, hey, son, what's your name? Who's your parents? Why are you out here? Right. I know what you're doing. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm going to pray for you. And they say, okay, go on, old lady, whatever. She'd be out there the next day yeah. and she'd be walking the street praying. Yeah. And there'd be interactions where somebody would come to them for drugs. She's like, why are you buying from them? Do you know what they're doing? <laughs> She's ruining their business. She's taking them some grace sandwiches. This is yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, but she was willing to be yeah. like Paul and ruin the yeah. economics of a particular culture yeah, in right. order for the sake of the gospel. Yeah, that's right. And, right. and so she's ruining their, and they would see us coming up. And I'll never forget this. I was a, a teenager coming up and they would scatter. Yeah. They didn't do that for the police. Oh, but they do it for your they mom. They did it for my mom. Bro. Yeah. Uh, wow. And, and, and there's certain respects that they, that people right. will look at certain it, folks and say, okay, they bother me too it's, much. It's I, almost like the Bible's real. <laughs> Surprise! It's, it's almost yeah. like the yeah. word of God is true. Yeah, yeah. The, you know um, Romans <laughs> Romans twelve, right? Yeah, Romans twelve. Um, leave vengeance to the Lord; mm. I will repay. Right? Um, and then he says, if your if your enemy is hungry, yes, give him food. Yes. If he's if he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Mm, that's good, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, in so doing, you pour coals, heap coals, burning coals on their head. Yes, says, do not be overcome by evil. Mm-hmm. But overcome evil with good. Preach, preach, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, so I think well, part of it would have been like, hey, you know, if you see somebody out there, and let's say you got a store, and you see this guy, he's always bothering you. People say, hey, man, let me talk to you real quick. I see you out here. You're not selling drugs. You're selling cigarettes. So you're trying to get your hustle on. Right. What 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 do you need to take care he of? Might, he might make a good employee. He he. I would <laughs> vet him. I would be vetting yeah. him. Yeah. It's like, hey, man, like yeah. like. My wife and I had a homeless guy that was always visiting us on our corner, yeah. and he would just be in our way sometimes. And yeah. we were just like, "Let's take him out to eat, to yeah. figure out what's going on with this dude." Yeah. And he was a thief. Yeah. And he said, "I can't work well with money. You know, yeah. I need to, I need to do something that I can't steal from. I can't right. be in front of the registers. My mind works good with numbers." And he eventually, you know, um, Robert was his name, but, but we found a way to communicate, talk to him. He got off the streets. Oh yeah. And, right. and started to figure out something, right. but there was a way to deal without calling the police to get rid of this. And I said, every situation is like that. Right. Sometimes yeah. you got to call Sometimes the police. Sometimes you have to get, do that, yeah. you know, yeah. but there's there with Eric Gardner, there might've been a way for a, a way to engage him. Right. That didn't lead to this type of interaction. All right. So was justice done? Man, he was accidentally killed. He was accidentally killed. I think this is the only the, time there was, in all these situations where I feel comfortable saying that the wrongful death suit or the wrongful death payment was probably just. Yeah, I was so going to say, so how much money? They it sued, was $5.9 million. So the family sued the city or I, the the police? I can't remember how, who sued what. I do know yep. that it was. It $5.9 million was paid family. out to the family Correct. for wrongful death. For wrongful right. death, which I think this is exactly and, was and, a wrongful death. And it death. needs to be stated unintended wrongful it's, death. Yeah, exactly. Right? So it's yeah. accidental. Yeah. But, but so this falls under biblical case law with regard to restitution. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't an, it wasn't an intentional murder uh, or homicide, anything like that. But somebody died. Yeah. Somebody's you know father was taken away. Yeah. Um, that that protection that provision and so there is um, provision in the law. Um, sometimes when something significant of someone's livelihood has been taken away, yeah. great damage is done to their family. Yeah. Um, that there's a um, a financial but, settlement but eric garner was doing something illegal yeah no, well, so but he's whatever if but, let's say he was stealing let's say he was directly stealing murder wasn't an option yeah you know kill yeah. equal, death, equal justice it, it, equal yeah exactly this goes this so, goes back to cali unless he yeah equal justice. unless he was somehow pointing a gun requiring somebody else's life right, but right, i would right. say that in that case and, but this is broad daylight this is broad daylight bunch of people all around yeah. it's not like somebody entered your house in the night yeah then yeah. it's then it's different right. um you know one thing so, yes, I think that in one case, justice was served uh, in, in that sense. But I would question the amount. Yep. Is the value of what he brought to his family 
actually taken care of throughout. You know what I mean? I yeah. want to. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I say, yeah. Where'd they get that number? Where'd they get the number? But I want to attribute that they're trying here. Yeah. Okay. So, and I usually and I don't like the wrongful death stuff at all because I figure like people compromise justice for the money. Right. Right. I right. don't like that. Yeah. But right. in this case, and the political situation, I really do feel yeah. like that. And it's it's hard to see. It's hard to it, see oh. five years. It's hard to see like. Um, you know, there's all the politics, yeah. all the Black Lives Matter. We don't, we don't push, trust De Blasio. And you've got, <laughs> you know, I mean, is there any corruption in the New York Police Department? Oh man, there has to be. Uh, you know, you heard. You, <laughs> there has to be. I mean, you so, put Jews and Italians and all, <laughs> all these people in the police force, and you get. <laughs> there's, yeah, of course there's liberals, is. and so and so the mix. You know, you pile all that together, and it's yeah. hard to see. Uh, justice is hard. Yes. Yeah. Justice is hard. Just thinking through this is hard. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I got to tell you, my head hurts. Right. Well, and, and, and one of the clips we played was the um, the president of the, the union, the police officers union. Yeah. Yes. And he's he's saying the guy did what he was told to do, right. what he was trained to do. Yes. The okay. shop called the cops. He responded. He's, the, the, it's illegal to sell cigarettes right. on the street. Yeah. He was he's trying following. to enforce the yeah. law. He's trying to do the job that yeah. the people hired him for. Yeah. Yeah. And now, you know, and, and, and a number of people have come out saying this is going to make law enforcement harder. Yeah. Um, when do the police want to show up at an event now if they know that whatever they do, they're going to get hit? Yeah. It's going to so, be so politicized. You, you really need yeah. a police officer to come and show up to help you with a situation to de-escalate it. Yeah, and and it's, now and it's it not, leads to a death. Exactly. It's not just politicization. That's part of it. Yeah. Part of it is just what do you do now? Practically, like even yeah. if nobody's watching. I can't how, I can't restrain this guy. Yeah, if I restrain you him, don't, you don't you know. know how many police officers want to wait about 15 minutes before they show up. Yeah. Or before they yeah. start trying to restrain because, someone. And these are the good guys. <laughs> and, and, and now you have. Yeah. More crime, yes. More yeah. injustice, that's right. It's, 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 yeah. and, and what that leads to is is more escalation, more fear, yeah. More distrust, yeah. more accusations, yeah. And more people taking the law into their own hands because yeah. the police aren't going to do justice. It's it's cowboy time now. It's everybody's just out for themselves, protecting yeah. themselves. Well, and I liked I liked what you said off offline where you talk where we were talking about how um, petty law stems from. Fear. That's what I was going to say. Oh, oh, really? I was going to say it. Were right you going to go there? I was going to say. I actually, <laughs> yeah. actually wrote it down. You're jumping your lines. <laughs> okay. No, but absolutely. No, that's the thing is. So, I mean, when when you're fearful, uh, and and everything is driven by fear and accusation, um, what you begin to do is try to micromanage everything. everything. Yeah. Yep. And what right. micromanaging is is pay, uh, is petty law, slavery, yep. petty yep. law. Mm-hmm. It's 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 slavery. It's ropes. It's chains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. it stems Come from on. thinking I'm going to be God and I'm going to protect myself. That's right. Or we're, or we need the state to be God to protect us. Right. But cultures of fear and accusation create petty laws, petty criminals, and inevitable escalation of right. tensions. Because everyone has to watch out for themselves. Yeah. So there really is a connection between our faith in Christ and the kind of laws we have in society. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, right. and think about this, though. Um, law necessarily is blind. Yes. And it just has, it just draws with straight lines. And it doesn't care who you are or where you are. It just chops. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Wherever yeah. it lands. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to get the law to save us. Mm. And the law can't it save can't us. And the law necessarily um, treats people sort of just mm-hmm. in, in these sort of simplistic categories. Now, of course, it's supposed to be blind, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter, rich, poor, male, female, black, white, doesn't matter. Yeah. But it, it's it's not geared to care about people. Right. Yeah. And, and But the thing is, is that what we're trying to do now in instituting social justice by, you know, no, look, pull up your blindfold, see if they were black, 
see if he was white, yeah. see if it was rich or poor or, or whatever. Oppressed. What we're doing yeah. though is we're we're, we're do, trying to make the law save us, and the law then has to have categories yeah. to function in, right. which is collectivism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we talked about this at the beginning of the show. It necessarily begins to see everything in terms of intersections of things. Are you black? Are you white? Are you rich? Are you poor? Are you from the suburbs? Are you from inner city? Are you from um, you know agrarian you know rural areas? And therefore, you fit in this. Box. And you fit into this box. And then this is how justice is done. Because what we're trying to do is get salvation by the law. Yeah. The law can't save. Right. Right. It only Jesus saves. Right. Only Christ saves individuals need to be saved by Jesus and that frees them to begin then living for him, doing justice with for yeah, him. Yeah. But, but that means then seeing other people around you, not as collectives, not as a member of the white people or the black people or the rich people or the Asian people, but as individual human beings made in the image of God. It allows you to honor them as image bearers and then it allows you to see every situation as much as possible as an individual situation, a unique situation. So it's not like, oh, look, there's a bunch of black guys on the corner. Yeah, yeah. But it's, I wonder who these people are. Yep, yep. And, and of course, human limitations make that difficult and challenging. Yeah. And sometimes you really do think that somebody's the person you were looking for or the person that committed yeah. the crime or whatever. But what we need is individuals who interrupt the pettiness of sin and and the tyranny of collectivism with grace. Yeah. We need people handing out the grace sandwiches. Yeah. The grace chicken sandwiches of and, and loving individuals where they are, who they are, finding out what their name is and taking them out for lunch. That looks different for each person in this situation. It does. So when you get pulled over or if you're in the position of a gardener, yeah, you know, you think about this it's like, okay, man, I'm not going to be in front of your establishment. Forgive me. Yeah. I need a job. I need to take care of my people. Yeah. This is what I'm hurting. Can you help me with something or yeah. tell me where to go? Yeah. Or, or if you get pulled over, don't let the, my mom used to say this to me. I didn't understand it then, but I get it. Don't let them think about you the way that they are thinking about you. Give them a reason to think differently about you. And I know that doesn't seem fair, right? but you're trying to help them. Right. You, know, you need to right. help them understand right. the situation, and if, too. And if you're a Christian, yes. you have more to give than they even know they need. That's right. You have That's more to right. give. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they, they demand things of you that you think, I don't, I don't owe them that. That's right. right. But you've been forgiven way more. That's right. You've been loved far more. Yeah. You have grace to give. You can go above and beyond. And, and, and again, justice is hard. Yeah. So, it, oh. so we've been, we're in the middle of the summer reading Bible program and we're in hebrews just this last week yeah and one thing that struck me reading through kind of you know chapter seven eight and nine where it talked about the insufficiency of the old testament law yeah it talked about the insufficiency of the the old priestly system yeah and you you mentioned earlier how um law can't save us and our uh current political system is actively trying to figure out all the laws that can save us that's right all right. the way down to that's petty cigarette it. laws on the sidewalk it's a dead that's end right. it's, it's a dead absolutely end dead end in slavery and and so it it one thing that struck me about um Hebrews 7 8 and 9 is just how deep um our high priest fixes things yeah yeah uh, and and it says in uh this chapter 7 verse 27 Jesus does not need a daily, uh, we do not need a daily high priest to offer up sacrifices for Jesus on his own, his own, Jesus took on all our sins on his own for his people. For this, he did once and for all through his own blood. Mm. He did this. Right. And so all these, 
um, you know, the Old Testament law was insufficient and America's law is insufficient. And right. Jesus took on as our high priest, as the perfect high priest, right. he didn't spill a calf's blood. He spilled his, his own, own blood right. for Amen. all of our and, sins. And, yeah. And, and the thing is, is that if apart from Christ's blood, so, I mean, the priesthood of Jesus is political. Yes. I mean, do you hear this? Yeah. I mean, if you have the priesthood of Jesus and your sins are washed away by his blood, it frees you to, to, to love people where they are, right. yeah. which doesn't mean you're, a, you, you, you're, you just fall over. It doesn't yeah. mean that you have no backbone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, grace actually has a backbone. Yeah. It, it, but, right. but if you don't have Christ as your high priest, you're looking for a high priest. That's right. The government's going to be your high priest. Right. The IRS mm-hmm. is going to be your high priest. The welfare system is going to be your high priest, but someone else is going to pay for you. And yeah. to our conversation with Cowley yeah. is that having Jesus as our high priest actually walks its way out into society. Absolutely. And we don't need petty laws all of a sudden. All of a sudden, we don't need a lot of these laws yeah. to be landed in, in the middle of petty public square because Jesus is actually freeing us all. Like yeah. how we don't need unjust that. laws. Yeah. <laughs> so walk it out. Walk yeah. it out. Yeah. Walk lead, it out. Lead with the gospel. Yeah. Lead with Jesus. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight. Laugh. Feast. This is cross politics.